I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Whether in an organization or a family, culture is made up of automatic, repetitive habits and emotional responses. And one of the most common ways that we do that is through traditions, rituals, and rites of passage. So today I'm here with Noelle Rhodes and Elise Daly Parker to talk about those. Um, We're going to put them under the umbrella of family traditions. We're going to talk about why they matter and how we can create some of our own. But before we get started, I'd love for you guys to share your recommendations, something that you are loving right now. I will go first. So I was hanging out with a new friend named Ginger in Arizona. We did an event together and she told me about an app that I think has been around for a while called Pause. P-A-U-S-E. It's by John Eldridge. I just heard about that. And um, because my friend Ginger, um, who's awesome, is becoming a spiritual director. And she was telling me about this amazing app and I've been using it and it's awesome and it's free 99. So basically it's just an opportunity for you to take a little bit of time out each day. I think it starts with one minute. You pause mm-hmm. for one minute and then he kind of talks you through just sort of a thought, like, like a, a scriptural meditative thought. And just for one minute you do it. And so I'm up to three minutes, which is pretty impressive for me. Um, but it's really good. I feel like it's just a I'm not I'm not huge into meditation, but I like this as a practice. Um, I don't like to clear my mind because God knows what's gonna jump in there, knowing me, but um I do like that it gives me something, you know, that's um strengthening and encouraging and scriptural to kind of think on. So it's called pause and it's a little white app with like two black lines going down like a pause button because there's a few pauses in the app store. So you just need to kind of make sure you're clicking the right one. Yeah, I've been doing that for a while. Chris and I were doing it a little bit before we went to bed for a couple of weeks. Just listening to, I think you could do one, three or five minutes. Yep. You can choose it. But mine mine was free. Yeah, it's free. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you said three ninety nine. Yeah. No, it's free. Free 99. There, there are, you can pay and get... You can get some extras, but I think it actually goes up to 10 minutes for free. Does it? I think so. Yeah. You got as far as five, but it's good. And it gives you reminders. Yes. And you can't, I think what I like about it is you can't do the 10 minute one until you've done the one minute, three minute and five minute ones. It's supposed to train you to be able to do your mind. It's good. It's cool. I like it. Who the heck does not need a pause? I don't know. (laughs) Nobody. I need it. (laughs) My answer is nobody. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you what I love? Yep. Simple little thing, but I really love it. Kind bins. I love these little bars. This one is peanut butter, dark chocolate. And I am often running off to physical therapy in the morning, and I just don't have time to get myself together. And this keeps me going. And they're delicious. They're like a treat. Very, I can't, I can't see the calories on them, let me say. But low calorie you know, good for you stuff. No kind, no, not not a lot of junk in there. Uh, gluten-free, no genetically engineered ingredients, that kind of stuff. 
but I can't see the calories on it. Oh, 100 calories. There you go. 100 calories isn't too bad. No. No, that really sounds does, great. Yeah, it keeps me going till lunchtime if I'm going to be out, have my physical therapy, and then kind of, you know, do my things running around a little bit. So it's good. Well, that is good. Um, okay. So I'm going to do a makeup recommendation. I'm not a huge makeup person, but, um, I actually won a whole bunch of Bobby Brown makeup, um, Ooh, a little while back, well, maybe like two, three years ago, um, <laughs> at a party at a fundraiser. I remember it was like the last shindig before everything shut down. Mm. Um, and it was like one of those, you know, tricky trays, you know, auction, auction things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's these shimmer bricks. So I had to look it up. They don't actually Ooh. have, like, I have Mine has three in it. And what it is, is like, it's blush or bronzer. And I, I don't I think I'm going to get the, the terms right. I did look it up to see so I could share it with you, but it's like all these different colors. So what happens is, is when you put your brush on it and you put it on your face, it gives you those shades of contour so that you don't have to contour. So Love it's it. a real quick way, like if you mm. just keep your brush in the same way and you put it on, the lightest, like whitest is up top and then it gets dark, dark, dark as it goes down. And then it sort of gives you a little bit of like, it's like, you know, doing the highlighter and the blush. It's it like, it eliminates all the steps. And for a busy Love mom, um, especially for me in the summer that just wants a little bit of color in my face, but doesn't want to spend the time applying like contour and, you know, which I don't really do often anyways. Um, it's, it just makes life pretty easy. And I've gotten compliments on it. I've had people notice, like my mom's noticed, she's like, oh, did you use this color up here and this color down there? And wow. so, nice. I'd love to try that. Yeah. I like Bobby Brown. I yeah. use Bobby Brown primer and it, it's, it's made of unicorn tears. I swear it's really good. <laughs> Do you use it for, on your whole face or like an eye? eye, eye, eye no, primer? I use, it's like a, can't speak. It's like a primer for your face just to cover Nice. A multitude of sins. It's good. Maybe that little smooth thing to start with. So yeah, how is I a like primer it. different than like foundation or cover up? It goes underneath your foundation. Okay. And it like has, you know, I think good things in it for your skin. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to protect your skin from the foundation. Mm. I use mm. I use Thrive Cosmetics. Do you guys know those? I like them. Mm. They're supposed to be pretty good ingredients. That's something I'm newly concerned about. <laughs> what is in my makeup? You know, yeah. what kinds of things that are really bad for us, including carcinogens here in the United States. They do allow those. <laughs> Wonderful. I, yeah, I found that out, especially about my hair products. So that's been a bit of a bummer Wonderful. after using the same thing for 20 years. <laughs> Good news. And on that note, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're going to move on to family traditions. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> Maybe we could do a whole episode on our, our, our cosmetics and how to eliminate this stuff. I know there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to eliminate. Um, it's, I just, you know, I'm grateful for everybody else that's doing the work to figure that out for yes. me. Yes, yes. It takes a lot of effort. All right. So let's move on to family traditions. Now, I'm pretty sure most of us know what a family tradition is, but I'm just going to go ahead and read the definition. A family tradition is an activity or pattern of behavior that reflects a family's values, interests, or beliefs. And once established, they are often passed down through generations. So I am sure um, many of us have family traditions. So ladies, what comes to mind when you hear that? Family traditions. Fun, togetherness, connectedness, um, you know, a break, um, an opportunity to regroup. So many good things. I love family traditions. Mm -hmm. 
um, I think of like something you can always count on happening with the same mm. people mm-hmm. kind of at the same time. Yeah. So. I can remember um, growing up, we had um, this tradition of going to my cousin's house every Christmas Eve. So I would say pretty much growing up, almost every Christmas was at my grandparents' house. And then Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve, we would go to my cousin's house. And I just remember the anticipation of it, you know, like looking forward to it. It was the one time a year when I got to see all my cool cousins. And of course, plenty of family members that had no idea who they were that would come up and kiss me and hug me. Um, Like older, the older generation, my, my experiences with family generate family traditions was very multi-generational. Like, you know, he was like, the yeah. great, my great grandparents were there. Mm. Um, and just, you know, I would even remember driving to my cousin's house. They had this big star on the top of the house and you could see it from the highway or the, the busy road before you like turned on to their area. Um, and that's it cool. was just the excitement leading up to knowing that that's, where we were going to be. And, and we would see that star every year and we would go and hang out in their cool basement every year. And, um, yeah, that was just, I, I just think of the anticipation, like you, you said, Noel, it's just something that I could count on every year. Um, even when there are plenty of other things I couldn't count on. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. True that. Uh, yeah. So I think we already mentioned this idea of like having something that you can count on, but family traditions um, provide comfort and security. Like you said, they give, uh, at least they give family a reason to get together. Uh, They create a sense of belonging. And then it also is an incredible way to pass down our cultural and religious traditions. Mm -hmm. And so I think immediately of Christmas, Christmas was the only time we'd go to, I went to more of a charismatic church growing up and we would go to my grandparents' church, which was more liturgical. And we would sing the hymns and we would hold the candles and just even experiencing that in contrast to my typical church experience was just such a blessing and something that I remember for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why don't you give me guys uh, some examples of your family traditions that you've loved? Um, maybe some that were passed down, and then maybe we can talk about some that we've actually started ourselves. Well, we were big holiday growing up. Holidays were just family events. And just as you say, Kimberly, generations, you know, we'd go out to Queens. Um, and then as we got older, my mother was a host or my aunt, Patty, was a host, depending on the year. But I mean, it was just together. And I think about my cousins and, I, you know, we had five kids. They had four kids. And we would just run around. Like, I'm, I'm picturing us being up in the attic. There was some kind of fun space up there. And we would just have a ball all day into the night until our parents, you know, threw us into the car and then brought us home and put us to bed. Um, and that, that really was pretty much every holiday. Um, my mother was big on every holiday. We did celebrate like Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day and Christmas and New Year's and every, there was always a reason to celebrate, which is um, an interesting thing because my mother was generally not that, not that happy a person, but I think holidays really lifted her spirit. So mm. we did that. And then certainly that was passed on into my family. Um, raising my children with my sister's children. You know, we had a big mob of people and we really did get together. Most of the time we had to start to navigate that a little differently with spouses and doing Mm -hmm. every other year kinds of things. But um, 
very, very much what you said. Anticipation, could count on it. One of my favorite traditions, and I can't remember if I talked about this, but one that we started, my sisters and I, is Brawless Game Day. Yeah, we've talked about this before, maybe on our old podcast, yes. Okay, it's the the day after Christmas when when we were just so tired, we would go to one another's houses with nursing babies, if that was the case at the time. Eventually, we would, the husbands would take care of the kids and the moms would get together. And now it's the moms and their daughters. So it's really, and it's really fun. It's a really kind of sacred tradition. We eat and play games and have a ball in our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> With no bras. With no bras. My, my uh, son-in-law named it that <laughs> when he was lucky or unlucky enough to be there and not really have anywhere to go. And his wife was with us, Lauren, uh, my daughter. And uh, yeah, he named it. We thought it was hysterical. So we've called it that. And we do believe it should be a national holiday. It should be. It should I like be. that. Everything else is. <laughs> Why not? I can see the cards at Target. Happy Brawless Game Day. Seriously. <laughs> okay, Noel, you're on. Um. I think for me, traditions uh, growing up were always surrounded or centered on food, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, a weekly tradition was every Sunday morning, we got bagels because we live in Jersey and we're religious by our bagels. Yes. And we'd get, you know, fresh, hot, warm bagels and we would eat them and you would never eat them on Monday because they'd be stale by then um, or because we've eaten them all. So I really always liked that. and. Um, it sort of kind of created like a rhythm to the week. So I, I always enjoyed that. And I continued that tradition as long as I lived in New Jersey. We lived in other places like Northern Ireland. So we didn't partake in their bagels. They were not as good, yeah, but we that. supplemented <laughs> with other things like a scone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up too, like I remember, you know, and this is funny because I remember like Thanksgiving, we would... Um, I grew up in an Italian American family. So we would like, you know, we'd have like your typical turkey, you know, and the fixings meal. But we always had other things. So like our first course was always a really large antipas. So or I guess charcuterie. <laughs> would be either way you could say depending it. on where you're from. <laughs> um, and my uncle would go to some deli in Hoboken and stand outside for hours. Um, mm. I don't even know which one it was can't remember the name of it, but, and, you know, he would get all the meats, all the cheeses. And my, my grandmother would have the olives and the bread and my mom yeah. would have some vegetables. Like everybody kind of brought for it and you would eat that for like the first hour. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then we would have, uh, maybe a salad it would be the next course. And then we'd have like, I don't know, ZD or Home, something. Homemade monogot. Yeah. Something like that. And then you'd have the turkey, right? Yeah. So my first Thanksgiving with my husband, I I spent it with his family and I was <laughs> Where's surprised, the food? surprised to learn that now oh, I can this. totally relate. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going to um, the house and my, my mother, I mean, they actually shot their own turkey. So it was like, I have, I have respect for that. I mean, they like, <laughs> they shot it, they defeathered it. They made, they cooked it, whatever. That's fresh. But I remember like they would, they ate, they ate at 11 AM. Oh no. And every, I know. And everything went on the table. So it was like, there was no courses, like yeah. the turkey, 
the fixings and the dessert were all on one table and everybody just ate from that table starting at 11 a.m. Like kind of cruising around the table yeah. whenever. Yeah. And like Thanksgiving was over before like, I don't know, two or three. It was kind of, that. that's not something I was used to. And I remember like going into like, the bedroom that we were staying in at my mother, my mother-in-law and father-in-law's house and um, like call my mom. And she's like, we just finished with our antipast. <laughs> and I was like, sad, like Thanksgiving did not feel like Thanksgiving to me, which is funny because it's not really a Thanksgiving thing to do, but that's just uh, what my tradition was. Noel, you know, I, I, so you girls both married Italian men. I did not, but um, no, I was Troy's not Italian. Uh, oh, that's right. I, I don't mean that. I mean, you, I'm Italian. Kimberly, married an Italian guy. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. why you said I totally relate. And you, Noel, are the Italian. I know that. Sorry. <laughs> and then I was called Metagon by all my friends because I was the only Irish American among all Italian Americans. And I went to my friend Mary Ellen Testa's Thanksgiving one year because my parents went to Cape Cod and I stayed home. And exactly what you're describing. I was literally sitting at this table going, oh my gosh, the turkey was a side dish. Yeah. It was like what they prepared was stuffed mushrooms and menagot homemade, like pasta. Like it was incredible. So after that, our Thanksgiving's paled. (laughs) I mean, I think the turkey is more of a centerpiece than anything else. It's not like, like a cake on the table. Yeah. It's just, it's just a centerpiece. It's not like, you know, you don't actually eat it. It's just, you got to have it there. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, those things, definitely food is very traditional for my family. And I would say those food traditions, I'm, those are things I'm passing down to my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I was thinking we could go two different directions. Um, one, the food thing. Um, I, That's so huge. we had, we had Turkey, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. And when I got married to my husband, Christmas was like, they didn't do Turkey for Christmas. Cause we just ate it We'd say- in November. And I'm like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, there's so many other meals. You eat one to two, t- three times a month and you can't have Turkey two times in a year. Like I was no. so offended. And so, <laughs> so. Why would you do that? You have ham or something else. Yeah, we no, have ham, we have ham and, and roast beast. It was the two times a year we had Turkey and maybe there was like Too a ham turkey. on the side. And yeah, well, we did the, um, <laughs> yeah, I just I I, I, I know many people do. Many people do that. But that's, we yeah, really do, that's very British. That. They do really? turkey both. Well, they don't have Thanksgiving, but they will do a turkey on Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. And they'll do another turkey on Boxing Day, which is the day after. And I feel like that's a little bit oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. insanity, but whatever. But so turkey. my husband's family doesn't typically do like Italian meals like you guys are describing, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also uh yeah, like I had to really like get let go of the disappointment, you know, yeah. of like, oh, what is this buffet style? No, it's Christmas. You sit down at a table, you have like mm. the nice silverware. Now we're gonna do but like all of those little things have yes. tripped me up in the past. And I've yes. been like really disappointed, like, you know, wanting to go into the bedroom and cry and tell my mom, <laughs> I wanna go home. Um <laughs> But also like, I remember like, I mean, it was my first or second Thanksgiving. Um, they would slice the turkey, serve the white meat and throw out the dark meat. And I was like, Oh, that oh, no. is my favorite. Like, like they changed because I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I don't even want the turkey the like meat. is mine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, so that we could bring us in another direction too. Like, what do you do when you're now marrying traditions? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 
And you have to adjust to what your spouse has always done. Um, and how do you like, how do you figure that out? Have you guys had to deal with that where you've had to come to sort of some sort of agreement? Do you acquiesce or do you um, create something new? What have you guys done with some of your traditions? So for me, it wouldn't be so much the holidays because I started um, hostessing Christmas very early on and everybody was pretty much invited. So if you didn't come, you, you had to, you did your own thing. You know what I mean? Like there was mm-hmm. no pressure to show up at my mother-in-law's because really she sold her home, you know, not that, not that soon after we married, but anyway, mm-hmm. so we took over the tradition of cooking all those meals, but, but, um, vacations mm-hmm. were a biggie for us. Yeah, We were Cape Cod family since I was literally born. I mean, my mother was on the beach with me pregnant at Cape Cod. Um, pregnant with me at Cape Cod. So that was just like in my blood. And when it came time to vacation with our family, I was like, well, we're going to Cape Cod. And my husband was like, I don't, I don't want to go to Cape Cod. Cape Cod is like your family reunion when you've been all, when you've all been together all year anyway, which is true. All the Daly sisters would come with their families up to Cape Cod as if we hadn't seen each other two weeks before. But in addition to that, we had old friends up the Cape because we did grow up there. And we loved seeing, years ago, it was many different families. Now it's really kind of a Daly Hanlon reunion. And, um, but again, my husband was like, I don't want to go to Cape Cod. I was so outraged and heartbroken, combined Mm. the two to the emotional picture of where I was. And we really had to work this through. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm sure we talked about this in counseling. And um, because I was just like, there's certain things where we just go, well, that's just the way it is. We just go to Cape Cod. I want my kids to go to Cape Cod. What we worked out though was we do go to Cape Cod most Labor Day weekends. Still, my kids come or not, depending on where they are in life. And, And it's just become, well, that's what we do on Labor Day weekend. And that's okay. But we established a new place to go for vacation for many years as a family, and that was Maine. So that became our own family tradition. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And I'm really glad my husband did insist on us coming up with something of our own. So Yeah, that's cool. That's good. I forgot about vacations in in terms of falling under this umbrella, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that because when we first got married, we lived in Jersey, Troy just sort of defaulted to all the Jersey ways and not really <laughs> complain too much. Um, but there were certain things that, I mean, there were certain things we just couldn't replicate that he grew up with, like a pig butchering. Like he did that every year and it doesn't really happen in New Jersey. Shooting the turkey. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, that's just hard to replicate. But I think what helped was we lived in Northern Ireland together with our two mm, kids and yes. we had to make, you know, new traditions um, together And also we sort of acquired new traditions that they did in Northern Ireland as well. So -hmm. like simple little things like, um, you know, those Christmas crackers, those things you pull and like a little toy will come out or something will come out. Like, you know, those are like a non-negotiable at Christmas time in the UK. So like even now that we live here in the States again, like I still always make sure there's a Christmas cracker, Mm -hmm. you know, at the table setting or whatever. So certain little things like that, we were able to kind of like create new stuff together because we didn't have the influence of where we lived in terms of whether we were living by where he grew up or where I grew up influencing that we had to kind of make our own way. So I think that was a really cool benefit of 
moving away from our family. Yeah. Far away was having to kind of create our own thing. Love that. You know, and as you guys are talking, I do hear you talk about like why those things are important to you and why you want to pass them down. You know, it's not just a matter of, oh, do we have a tradition that represents so much? It represents Mm -hmm. like where we grew up, where we shared our summers or where we vacationed or um, where we felt comfort and peace and belonging and then wanting our kids and, you know, even our grandkids to have that same thing. So it can be in a very emotional topic when you're trying to figure out, okay, what makes the most sense? Um, You know, when I, I don't know how many years into my marriage, but my mom, my mother-in-law got tired of taking turns with us. And she was like, this is it. I'm having everybody over my house so that nobody has to choose. And that has really been how we've done holidays, birthdays, any kind of like get together has been both sides. Like, and so when I say both sides, so my mother-in-law has two sons, my husband and my brother-in-law, and it's their, you know, the wives and then the wives' parents. So my parents come, their parents, like we just do everything together, which has been a real blessing because, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't had to choose, but um, it can be quite emotional <laughs> when you yeah. have to make decisions that don't make other people happy. Um, and so we've kind of got off the hook the last couple of years, last maybe 10 years where we've just done everything together. And it's been really nice. I think that's an amazing solution. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, we, I've certainly, my Christmas, it, everybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, God forbid, it is buffet style. Um, and we do actually two distinct meals because we do the meal of my childhood and then a meal that we created. But um, my, my sisters and I kind of put together. But um, I do think that that is such a gift, Kimberly, that your mother-in-law mm-hmm. gave to you because that is absolutely something people struggle with in, especially yeah. in their early marriage. Like, where do we go? Who do, how do we do this? My sisters definitely mm-hmm. had that. Um, they, and they had to figure out every other year and they still, they still do that. So, yeah. um, but I love the idea of everybody coming together if that's at all possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's tough if you live in different States, oh, definitely. Family, yeah. So I think that's always a tricky thing. I know for us, when we lived actually away from our family and lived in Ireland, one decision that we made was that we'd always spend Christmas wherever we lived. Mm. So everything else was kind of up for grabs, and we actually Mm, like we actually sort of decided that we would just visit family in the summer because it was the least um, is the least burden on my children and their school and all that Mm, stuff. But Mm -hmm, we decided, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter where we live in terms of how close family is. We're just going to wake up on Christmas morning with, you know, where we normally live. Cause it just was the most, it made the most sense for our kids at the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And I just got to make a decision and go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just reminded as you were talking about the two different meals, Elise, Mm -hmm. um, one year we were going to a family member's house and I knew that I was not going to be happy with the menu. (laughs) And I knew it was going to be like, and when I mean buffet style for, for our family, you never sat at a table. It was very much like party buffet. Like you, you didn't even bring it to the table. It was everybody get a spot where they could find one. So it very much felt like a cocktail party and not holiday and going into that, I was like, I can't believe we're going to do that again. And (laughs) so what we ended up doing was we cooked a turkey and had a traditional for us or for me was a traditional Christmas meal on Christmas Eve with just the five of us. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, really special 
day because yeah. typically we would never spend Christmas just the five of us. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And I love so, that. It's, there's there's solutions to this stuff if you yeah. just I mean, it can feel like there aren't. Right. You know, it can be like, oh God, why, why do I have to live like this? I, I this isn't this isn't what I grew up with, but then you figure it out and you can mm-hmm. come up with something better, which I think is is lovely yeah. that you have a Christmas Eve dinner and then Christmas with with the bigger family. That's perfect, you know? Yeah. I think though, you know, for me, my favorite traditions are the ones that I've come up with my own little tiny family. I think, you know, I mean, of course, I'm always going to be connected to what I've always done with my family, but I think it's the little ones that just kind of get birth out of being your own unique family. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorite ones. Yeah. So tell us some about some some of those. Well, and in the summer, I think I've mentioned this before, but in the summer, we always host a Tuesday night barbecue for our na- for all of our neighbors. And mm-hmm. so that's what we've been doing for six years. And my kids just know Tuesday nights is barbecue night. And um, so they even know like the whole system of how to prepare for it, what tablecloths need to come out, where the tables go. Um, and we just love it. Like that's just what we do in the summer. If we're not on vacation, we are barbecuing on Tuesday nights. That's a fun one. And then also um, Christmas Eve, we host a huge brunch too for our neighborhood. And that's a big tradition that we've done that actually, that tradition was something my mom started years. And I mean, I think I went to been like nine, she started doing that. And then I just kind of picked it up and opened it up to my neighborhood. And we also did that when we lived Northern Ireland as well. So that's been a fun one that we've done. And I just, I love that. Like I love that my kids sort of now they're kind of taking the lead in those traditions and have a say and we'll make tweaks and that kind of fun stuff is sort of fun to see and watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a few too, that aren't a holiday related that are things that we've started as well. Um, One of them is I do like a 13 year old like birthday book. So I reach out to, for example, the girls, women, who I feel have a place in my daughter's life, whether it's a youth leader, a coach, a neighbor, a family friend. Um, and I asked them to write a letter to my daughter, basically, um, and then it was men for my son, basically to speak into their life, into that next phase of adulthood. And, you know, whatever encouragement, whatever they want to write, they can do that. And so I've done that for all three of my kids where I get all these letters and then I assemble them into sort of a scrapbook. And, um, that's been really fun to do. Um, w- w- it remains to be seen what it means to them. Cause they aren't like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, right. <laughs> I've caught them looking at it. Um, but they, I mean, I remember that my oldest, I gave it to her and she's like, is this my gift? Like she was confused. She's like, are you getting me anything else? <laughs> um, and so, but they, but they know they're getting it like, right. And after that first one, the second one was like, am I getting a book too? And the third one as well. Um, we also do, uh, oh, and the reason why I started that was because I felt like I wanted them to hear voices besides me telling them that they were amazing and wonderful and had value and worth. And I wanted other people to speak into their lives because sometimes, you know, kids can just, they can't hear it if it comes from us, Mm -hmm. you know, even spouses, sometimes they can't hear it if it comes from us and then it comes from somebody else. And they're like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, I said that, said that. Um, and so I thought this is that that's a really good, that's one of the reasons why I did it. Um, we also do a 16 year old birthday trip. 
So when they turn 16, they get to do a one-on-one trip with mom or dad. Um, you know, typically the girls went with me and I'm sure my son will go with my husband and they get to bring a friend and it, and our restrictions is that it can only be someplace that we can fly to with air miles. So it doesn't cost us a fortune. (laughs) So we've done that, um, which has been really great and holiday related, but also something that we've started just the five of us is doing a Passover Seder, Seder in addition to Easter, because, um, my extended family does not celebrate Easter through the lens of Jesus and his resurrection. Um, my parents do, but most of my other family members do not. And I wanted something that really represented our beliefs. And Mm -hmm. so we create, we started doing a Christian Passover Seder, you know, a handful of years ago. And that's been something that we look forward to. And every year we invite different people to join us in it. That's cool. We do that. We do that as well. We have yeah. Seder every year. Seder. Yeah. What about we you, don't. Lise? We don't. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. Of course, my children are much older than yours. Um, I think that we are very intentional about, it's not really a tradition, but spending time together. And I'll give you, and, and making it sort of a well-planned and yet really fun, easy, easy kind of thing to do. So, for holidays, we're still doing a lot of the same traditions. Of course, COVID, I'm just thinking about the past two years. Yeah. It's been so different. It's been really just my kids. And it's there's been something wonderful about that. But I will admit the first year, I burst into tears. Um, I can't remember whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, but it was like, I think it was Christmas because Christmas is what I usually host. Um, however, we just went to Coney Island for the day. My my, uh, daughter, Farrell, pretty much planned the day, and it was for Father's Day. And I I think there were the four four of us, my my two daughters um, who are not married, Farrell and Amelia, my husband and myself. And it was just like this magical back-in-the-day bubble experience. Mm -hmm. Um, We started out by, you know, parking in a place that we all agreed on, hopped on the train, took the train out to Coney Island, and just you know, had Nathan's hot dogs, went on some rides, not too crazy. They, they went on the cyclone. I did not, which is like the oldest uh, roller, wooden roller coaster in the country, at least. And then we ended up in a fabulous Middle Eastern restaurant back in Brooklyn. And that to me is such an example of what we do together. It's like we play together and our, we do love amusement parks. We like Hershey. We like Disney. We like, we like the ones that are you know, lots of flowers and beautiful to be in. So that our, but our kids, again, adult children, they love the rides. So when we go to Hershey, Chris and I will go to the shows and watch the, you know, the dolphins, whatever, go on a few of the rides, little, the little thing that hangs above the, you know, the ground and you're up in a, in a little box and right. <laughs> very simple things or the swing, but they'll go on everything. And we just, we just go back to the place of joy and innocence and simplicity and fun together. And so that is something that I'm really thankful to see continuing. I think that our traditions reveal our values. (laughs) I do. I mean, like uh, your family definitely values spending time together, food, but like not just food, but like regional food. Yes. Um, We have favorites everywhere we go. Yeah. I just think like you, if you pull back the traditions or you, if you do like a deep dive and you look at the traditions and the ones that have stuck, you're going to go, okay, well, that's, 
that's a value for us. Like yeah. for, for our family, our neighbors are a huge value, right? So a lot of our stuff includes our neighbors, you know? So nice. Yes. Um, I don't know. Just something that just popped to my mind as you're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. You know, and then sometimes we can always look at some of our values and say, are they showing up in our traditions, in our rites of passages, in our rituals? And if they're not, you can start to design something that will, you know, point to those and reaffirm those. I know that life gets busy, very busy, and and I'm not great at doing certain things on a regular basis. You know, I was, I never really could get the hang of doing devotionals with my kids every day. Like we just didn't do that. Right. But a lot of these traditions will point back, especially like the holiday traditions, the Passover Seder, they'll point us back to our faith and Christ. And we go to church every week too. It's not like we're devoid of our faith until right. the holidays, no. mm-hmm. but like bringing in these traditions that point back to our faith, um, or whatever it is that that value is that you want to point towards is important. If you yeah. see it missing, maybe more regularly in your life, how can you point back to it to, in these traditions or in these these things that you're trying to do every year? I think it doesn't need to be cuckoo either. I think we can kind of get a little bit. You could you could you could definitely be like, oh, we need more traditions. What can we do? And it gets a little bit out of control. Mm-hmm. Like I know for our for my my side of the family, when there's a birthday. Um, we go around the room and we just say one word that describes the birthday person. It's yeah, I like that. It's a nice word, mm-hmm. but it's not a whole speech. It's literally you're you're only allowed to say one Love that. word. And the value in that is obviously encouragement and building each other up. But it's so simple. It's not. It's free, and it happens every birthday that we're together. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not cuckoo. And I think we can get a little bit like. Pinterest can take a great tradition and just exploit it because it makes you feel like you have to do this and this and this and this and yeah. this. Yeah. And it gets out of hand. Yeah. I, I think so agree. And um, definitely there are many failed attempts. <laughs> I think it's important to say that to those people who are listening and going, how come we're not doing those kinds of things? I will say there's a couple of simple things that we did because our faith life was extremely important and church, yes, was part of it. But we had those little calendars, those little flip calendars, and that's how we morning devotions. Forget it; that was not happening. Everybody went to school at different times, but in the evening, when we sat down at the table, we just used the flip calendar, and it Mm. maybe just it just read a sentence or two. It was at the time, you know, there were several different ones, but they were geared towards family. And then, if we got involved in a conversation. We had a talking spoon and if you were talking, you had the spoon. And when it was time for somebody, because everybody would be talking over each other, you know, we had four girls and the two of us. And um, so that was definitely a faith tradition. Also, whenever we got in the car, it was like captive audience. So we always did devos together. Um, And we went on a trip, 40 days and 40 nights across the country. And that was one of the most precious things for me was being able to do that with my family every day. So that's what it took to be locked into a car (laughs) in order for us to get those morning devos going. But other than that, it was just a little something each day that we sat at the table, which wasn't every day. We tried to do that every day, but it was not every day. So Mm -hmm. you do the best you can, you know? Yeah. Oh, so that leads me to say, what about failed traditions? (laughs) I I have never been able to do Advent. Successfully. 
Whatever. Well, no. ever. I mean, I've done, we've done um, like meeting that I started. Yeah. And then we just never get to, the, we yeah. never get to like, we, we always end it like day 15 or if we, if we get that, that actually do finish the advent though. There's so many books. Kimberly, I, I remember I tried a different getting, resource every year. I remember yeah. you sharing different advent resources and kind of being like, okay, I'm going to try it. <laughs> Okay. There was one. So many beautiful ones. There was one that this is in the old podcast that somebody shared, and I opened it up and nearly had a panic attack because it was like twelve things you needed to do that day. I I know which I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I do. It was a gorgeous, beautiful. But but you open it and you're like, oh my god, too much, too much. (laughs) Maybe if you had off the month of December, you could do it. But like, (laughs) right? Instead, December's even busier. I will say one easy tradition for for advent is just and again we did this as a family with kids the advent wreath because right. if we had the wreath mm-hmm. people were fighting each other to light the candles yeah. so that right. really helped us and it sat in the middle of our kitchen table by, by the time the season was over you know you could pick it up and the whole thing would fall off right, every, right. every needle um we have fake we have fake ones this year um in the past couple of years don't tell my kids but we used they had that at my church where you put together your advent wreath so it was really that worked for a long time. And I think that's important. Some things you have to let go of as you go yeah. along. Like, okay, great. You did it for 20 years. I, I think in my family, I'm going to true confession here. Because we had so many traditions, there was a lot of pressure on my kids. Mm-hmm. Not when they were young. They were great when they were young. But as they got older and felt they had to be everywhere and show up, I'm going to say for me, I certainly heard about this from my, um, especially my oldest daughter. Um, it's been, it's been too much. Like, it's kind of like they have to live their own lives too. So yeah. um, I think that's, I don't know, that's not failed, but I would also say, Kimberly, things like writing in a journal all the time, that's been a, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, you know, so my kids are not big. I don't see anybody writing in journals. Um mm-hmm. It would have, it would have been a nice one to pass on, or those books where you keep all their important moments that some people do. So no, no, you know, photo albums. Love those kinds of traditions. Just I'm really bad at that stuff. Yeah, you sort of bring up something though that just made me think because I'm in this like I'm in a new season, similar similar to Kimberly, where like we're at the tail end of raising kids in school. So you know, kids going to high school and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I feel like is important, and this is the time to start that is creating traditions that are just with my husband. So mm. that when everybody leaves, mm, good point. Around, I'm going to write that down. Home, right. <laughs> that's, that's important. Home to like do the traditions. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, one simple thing we've been doing, this is not, I would not have thought of it as a tradition, but now I'm going to officially on this podcast uh, <laughs> declare this as a tradition, but we go out to eat once a week for breakfast because yes. that works with our schedule. Our our kids are too old. I mean, we could go out to eat at night. I mean, it's not for date night and that's fine, but they're also at home and sometimes we don't get that time where they go to bed and we hang out together. It doesn't happen, you know? So we, we go out to breakfast because, you know, in the summer they're asleep Love or it. they're in school. Mm-hmm. So that's a tradition that we've been doing. And I'm, and I'm thinking now as you're talking to Lise, like that's something that we can continue to do. That can be our thing that doesn't include them. Like tradition does not have to be with the whole fam. Mm-hmm. It can be with, you know, your, your spouse, your partner, or it could be with your 
you know, daughter or just son or, you know, yes. I do just, you know, my sister or something like that. Um, those are just things I'm thinking about because I, I wonder like what happens when everybody leaves, you feel like all your traditions leave with are, them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really good point. Um, I remember as my kids were getting older, my father actually said something to me. He was like, you know, you do, you do everything with your kids and you need to really think about what it's going to look like when the kids are grown. And I was like, (gasps) what? I I mean, it was real, but it was such a good word. And, Mm. um, he really was concerned uh, that, you know, we did everything and together. And so what did Chris and I have? And thank God he need not worry because we really do have Chris and I also enjoy a really good meal. So we go, I'd say we go out at least once a week now, just the two of us. And we really enjoy one another. Mm. Um, and we do have traditions of going away. Um, we've gone to the Red Lion Inn in Massachusetts for our, you know, first, fifth, 10th, 15th, 20th, 25th, 35th, 30th, 35th. Um, and sometimes in between, it's just our, our special anniversary place. Um, you know, we like taking walks together. We like riding our bikes together. Now that happened since the pandemic. Mm. So yeah, I think that's really important to cultivate things, traditions that you enjoy together. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have, we, we're very connected. So that's, that's the good news. Um, but we do do a lot together. And I think that's part of what makes, um, a fun, happy marriage. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I definitely took note of that because I do feel like, so those in-between years of like being a child and having children, we, we just, we didn't celebrate Easter. Like we didn't do, we didn't celebrate the mind. Like I shouldn't, it's not that it's a minor holiday, but you know what I mean? It's not overly commercialized and it like mainly has to do with the kids and the eggs and the hot. And I was like, like Easter was a day we would like go to the car show in the city. Like, you know uh, what I mean? Like we just, yeah. we stopped like as a couple, we just didn't do things that mm-hmm. other people weren't hosting. And I can honestly say that we'll pro- like, if when my kids leave or <laughs> live other places, I probably would just be like, yeah, they're not here. I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing it. Like it, to me, I can see myself falling into that trap for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I, and, it, and I'm just going to say, I have had many, just going to be honest here, many a pity party over these kinds of things, believe mm. me. But then you have to just go, you know, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to, one of the things that I keep finding myself saying is, jo- I, want, I want a joyful life. And mm. how am I going to continue to have a joyful life with all the changes that happen throughout the course mm-hmm. of your life? And a huge one is is when your kids are gone and they're not necessarily coming back for all the traditions that you cherish. Um, and, you know, hopefully at some point they won't be because I have two more that aren't married and I'd love to see them married someday and, you know, um, having a family or whatever, but I don't want them not to go <laughs> for these precious things. But that's, oh, if that happens, it has to be okay. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying I do this easily. Um, I go kicking and screaming if I'm going to be honest, but um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's important just as we're saying, it's been important for us. It's important for them to establish yeah. what, what means the most to them. So it's good. Yeah. Don't let you my know. children hear this podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, it brings me to sort of my next question. How do you know, let know when to let go of a tradition? So we, um, we did birthday questions for a handful of years with our kids and it was so fun and I loved it, but I'm getting such pushback in the last year mm. and a half that I'm like, you guys like birthday dinners end up being like, fine, fine, whatever. We'll just eat your favorite yeah. food and we'll just what else do you want to talk Ooh, about? How's your day? <laughs> like this, like every other dinner that we have. See, I'm getting all worked up. Um, yeah. And so like we have sort of attempted to do it. And when they give us pushback, we just let it go. Good. I think and I feel great. like it's a little anticlimactic, but like, how do you know when to let it go? I mean, I could even shift it and tweak it. Like Noelle said, I was going to say, um, maybe try you know, that. So it's to, it's one word, mm-hmm. but like, quite frankly, I don't need you to go to my birthday dinner. If all you're going to do is talk about the same stuff we talked about yesterday, like it's not a birthday dinner. (laughs) Mm. Well, that's a good point. It's, I mean, I think that's legitimate. What makes it special for you? Everybody Mm -hmm. gets to decide that about their birthday, don't they? Yeah, but they don't have an opinion. (laughs) Nobody has an opinion. Well, do they have an opinion about what matters to them for their birthday is what I'm saying? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, then what do you want to do? Who do you want to have over? No one. I don't care. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Like they, you know, like I may, I forced them to like pick their favorite meal. It's just, or they, they were, they would go to a restaurant, um, sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've struggled with making birthdays special to begin with. And so it's frustrating when I don't, they don't, when what has been actually working for so long, isn't working anymore. And then not getting any input about, well, what do you want to see differently? Mm. Mm. Well, you've got kids in that age. <laughs> Remind <laughs> us of the age of your children, Kimberly. Um, 15, 17, and 19. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's tough. That's when they're straddling, you know, in the family and out of the family and their peer group becomes more mm-hmm. important to them. And it's not, it's not easy. And I would say it's also a season, you know, some of these things will mm-hmm. even come back. But yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I wouldn't be that. surprised if like, you know, they're 22, they bring home that special somebody for their birthday and they're like, oh, let's do birthday questions. And I'm going to be yeah. like, <laughs> okay, let me dig them out of the attic. You had your chance. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, questions are no, dead. We're not going to do questions. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? No, that's not what we do anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny too, because I love those questions, Kimberly. I'm all about mm. that kind of stuff. I had a a packet of cards, I still do, called One Word. It's kind of based on the choosing your one word for the new year, but they're questions and they're good. They're mm-hmm. good. They're good for, for gatherings. But if people don't want to do them, they become no fun at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is when you give up something. You know, as I said, sometimes I feel like I put too much pressure on my kids to keep these traditions going when they would be fine creating some of their own. That would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But so I think that's a, a, a sign, you know, if yeah. people are feeling like it's a burden instead of a celebration, mm-hmm. then we got to figure out something else. Yeah. What else? So hold it with do? an open hand. Yeah. 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 Another thing that we're running into is, um, or I'm running into personally, is that we, years, my dad did these games from scratch and these holiday games. He did them for um, all the holidays, even people's birthdays, and he passed away this year. And so, you know, quite frankly, I haven't had the ability to sort of take over that mantle. I mean, maybe I will next year, but our our holidays have definitely seemed very anticlimactic, almost to the point of like, can we just get this over with? Like, mm. like, you know, this is fun, but there's no, there's no like 
like culminating in this sort of game that we all would do together. And, and so, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm wrestling with like, how do we carry on these traditions, you know, when the person that drove them are gone and then, you know, do they fade away or do we pass the mantles to somebody else? And what does that look like? Have you guys had any experience with that? Uh, One of the things that we, well, my father always did. So because my parents were divorced, we had busy holidays because we wanted to see both. But the way we worked it out, and again, this worked really well for my family, was Christmas Eve at my father's. Um, and it was really a sacred event. We would read through the Christmas story. We would sing carols. And when I say sacred event, <laughs> it's like, don't picture a bunch of people in the room with folded hands. I just mean we were doing really something Christmassy about Jesus. And it was beautiful and amazing. Dinner was simple, soup and um, and sloppy joe sandwiches, the New Jersey kind with the turkey and Swiss and coleslaw, not the red meat kind. I just um, heard about those recently, by the way, like two months ago. I had no oh idea gosh, that the Jer- New Jersey sloppy joe was not a real sloppy joe. Right. Noel, do you, have you, have you had those? I live in, I live in a um, divided home where one parent called Sloppy Joe's the red meat and the other one, the sandwiches. And it was a point of contention. <laughs> my entire childhood. So well, <laughs> I love the, um, the, the meat ones. Those are great for like family with the burger bun and all that. We, we did that as a family, but these are like, there's, um, they're like subs almost. Yeah. But they're, they're thin rye bread and yeah. they're very big. South Orange is where they were created at the town hall deli. If you want the best ones, anybody. Okay. And they were started with things like tongue and, you know, you can get all kinds of variations. We have some funny Christmas stories about that. But anyway, we have kept up that food tradition. My husband, I mean, not my husband, but my father and, and stepmother both passed. So we aren't going one place where we do this beautiful tradition anymore. And Frankly, I, I miss, I miss it. Um, we sort of had a, a little bit of an attempt over the pandemic. We, we still got the food and, but because I'm hosting Christmas the next day, it, it's a little, a little right. too much for me to organize. But um, again, so what would I say? We're trying to hold on to that beautiful tradition. The pandemic has messed with it. We'll see what happens next year. One of my sisters very well could say, I'll host it and we'll all do it again. I hope so. Cause I, I, I don't care who comes for me personally. It's a very beautiful, holy night. I am thinking this through. Um, we lost um, Troy's mom this year and a lot of the traditions were based around food. A lot of it was baking stuff. So mm-hmm. luckily um, my son is an avid baker and he's really taken up the mantle of baking through her recipes for different things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but there was one thing I was just thinking about. My, I, I was very, very close to my grandfather, my pop-up. And when he passed, there were certain things I feel like over time have gotten lost. Like Easter was a big thing and he would do this crazy Easter egg hunt and mm. there were prizes and there were like these academic questions that we could win money if we answered right. I mean, it was a whole, <laughs> I loved Easter. Um, and so we don't do that because he's gone and we all realize how much work it is. And we're like, oh, <laughs> okay. So, and, and my kids are now the age where they don't want to be looking for Easter eggs. No. Well, I mean, (laughs) it's just, it's just weird when it's like just the two of them looking around. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like everyone's falling around with the camera. It's like weird. So, <laughs> Unless there's like $100 bills in the egg. Yeah. And then, like, then they're all like, it. just give me my body wash. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't have to put it in the basket. Just give it to me. Um, or actually just give me the money. I'll go buy what I want. So yeah. I think that um, some of this will get resurrected. I'm hoping when my siblings, no pressure if you're listening, have their own children, <laughs> they're young again. It's just not the same feeling. And so like, you know, when my, as an example, like there's a part in a Seder where as a little kid, you go look for the, the Afi Common. Is that what it is? The matzah thingy? Afi Common, yeah. Okay. I don't know the fancy word, <clears throat> but you go look for it and you get some money. Like when my nephew was in town for it, you know, it was so, it's way more fun when he at age you know, whatever age he was, is he can't even talk, but he can barely walk. You know, we're literally like putting it in his hand so much more enjoyable than when my 15-year-old's looking for it. He has to get what I'm how much do I get? Like, I just think there's so, certain things like that that I think children have this beautiful way of resurrecting those traditions again. True, 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 true. So I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. hoping but, you know, happens. I think what we're really kind of saying is there are certain traditions that are really for younger kids. And we, I know I have tried to, hold on to them. But for example, an Easter egg hunt is fun with my grandchildren, but even them for not probably not that much longer because, you know, um, but (laughs) still it is. And um, yeah. So I think, I think we need to, to let go. And if we really treasure something, keep it in mind for what's coming. But I also think, Noel, you made such a good point. Now your grandfather probably didn't find it to be work. He probably loved doing that. And the same, Kimberly, with your dad. Mm -hmm. He loved that game. I remember that. And Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's part of it. The person is doing something that brings them great joy. And so it spills out onto everybody. Mm -hmm. So when we're like bumming out because we have to do whatever it is, I think we need to think about something else, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Kimberly, I know you've you've done the games though yourself. Oh, and and for me, it's not so much of like not doing the work. Like I feel like for us to do it is just a natural extension of what we we've already done. Like yeah. we've, you know, my my son has created games for some of the holidays, even when my dad was alive, just for just because he was like inspired. This is what or, we do, you know. And in so many yeah. ways, that is what me and the five of us do is we we play games, we've made up our own games. Um, I think for me this year it was just the emotion was too hard yeah. for me to come yeah. up with the games on my own. So yeah. it was more for me, not about the work. I, I foresee us in the future doing it, but I do think there's going to be a time when I'm gonna have to be like, I need to do this no matter how I feel about it, because I don't want it to get lost. Um, and yeah. I'll have to balance the two. So the, like, I, I will have to be intentional to bring it back, but I feel yeah. like once it's back, it's not going to be a hard thing to maintain. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think yeah. again, your, your question being, when do you not do traditions or let them go or whatever? Yeah. When we've lost somebody who was completely aligned or how we, you know, we think of that tradition with that person, mm-hmm. that's part of a grieving process. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of like there's a hole there and you're experiencing that. And, you know, again, I think, I think Christmas Eve has been, uh, we've tried to replicate it, but it has not been the same since my mm-hmm. father passed. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was over 10 years ago. So it, it's just that he brought that joy and energy to it in a way that was, you know, he put together booklets and it just was right. very kind of like what we're all talking about. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, there's grief on the end of whether it's the loss of our older generation or the moving on of our younger generation. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's an ebb and flow that happens with traditions and, um, yeah, I think it's yeah. just part of, and, and I hope that our children and we ourselves can appreciate the traditions when we're in the midst of them, realizing that they may not always be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like we're, we go every weekend to 4th of July weekend to um, my best friend's house in Rhode Island. And like my two kids, they're not really, they're sort of trying to get out of it this year because they have a graduation party. I'm like, you are not going to know this person a year from now, two years from now, but right. we will still know this family 10 years from now. I mean, we, we've right. known them. I've known her since college. I mean, like, let's, let's really think about what's more important. We're not, we're not going to change this for something that's, you know, quick fix now, you know, we're not, we're not going to change our traditions. And so I think even um, this idea of protecting them and honoring them and guarding them, I think is important too. Like when, when is it worth it to say, Hey, like you might miss something, but this is something that we always do. And, you know, quite frankly, that's not something I'm willing to let go of or budge on because, you know, let's be realistic. Like you're 16, you know, you're not going (laughs) to know this person, but you've known, you want people to be realistic all your life. You want people to be realistic at 16? That's not very realistic. realistic. (laughs) So what did, what kind of a response did you get to that? they're still pushed back. They're still trying to be like, we'll take the train up. I'm like, you're not spending the day by yourself sleeping over than catching a train. Like you're 15 (laughs) and 17. You're not catching a train. Like you could catch the train to New York city, but I'm no, no, like who's getting, this isn't working. And then there's, there's all sorts of things they're trying to, to do, but I really did have to empathize with them and say, Hey, look, I'm, I know this is tough. I know this is difficult. I suffer from fear of missing out all the time, but we are saying, um, a bigger yes, you know, like, right saying no to one thing is a yes to a bigger and better something else. I truly believe. Um, and so we're sticking with it and we're, yeah. we'll stick with and it again, as long it's as a, we can. It's a family, it's a family weekend. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like the all or nothing you're that's what, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay too. Yeah. Especially at that age. Yeah. All right. So, um, we can, any last thoughts? I do want to just want to say, um, I wrote down how to keep family traditions going <laughs> or how to even start them. Um, just a couple of quick pointers before we wrap up. So um, get input from your whole family. Like I like Elise, how you were talking about like, what do your kids want to do for their birthdays? And, you know, there is a time when we, we need to ask them, our kids, their opinion, our family members, their opinion, because we want them to show up as active and joyful participants, right. Mm-hmm. Of what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in scheduling it, you know, putting it on the calendar, keep it simple. We talked about that too in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's too much, Noelle, you mentioned if it's too much to to do, ugh, and, you know, it doesn't have to be Pinterest worthy. Right. Um, right. And be flexible. Mm-hmm. So some of those, mm-hmm. those are some of the takeaways. Um, those are good. That we can keep yeah. in mind as we're thinking about traditions. Any last thoughts? I think really, you know, like with so many other things, you really, I'm, I'm thinking of that song, you have to make your own music. You have to figure out, what works for your family? Uh, yeah, no Pinterest, social media, whatever. What do you really care about? What do you really want? I love bringing in the family for the, the consensus. I also think, you know, start them young. If you, if, if you're in that, if you are young and your children are young, start, think about that as a couple, what you want to see your children doing right. um, and what you want to celebrate. I think that's, then it becomes easier. 
rather than starting somewhere in the middle. But I also say start anytime. Come up with something that you all want to do together and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love well, it. any last I, thoughts? For I you? have nothing to add other than just make room for new ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get too uh, religious about your tradition. <laughs> Seriously, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, ladies. Well, thank you for being with us today and talking to us about family traditions. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Besides sharing this episode with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. 